Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Bunker Buddies Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Blackout Brandon. I'm your other co-host, JD, and today we have a special guest all the way from Texas. We have... Texas. We have Texas. We brought the whole state with us. He is the representative of Texas, so anything he says is a representative of every single person who lives there. Not true. Not true. true. (laughs) All right, so let's go ahead and get into it today. We are going to start with our beer of the podcast. Yes, our BOP, because we are in that fall season, in that spooky season. We got our San Adams Oktoberfest. Here you go. Nice and cold. We got it in our cooler right here below us. Got it. There we go. You can use your magazines to open one up. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Oh, that is nice. Oh, that's cold. Oh, well, I'll pick it up. All right. Cheers. Cheers. I already hit you. All the in-betweens. There you go. There we go. One of my favorite beers. Yes, not only did we choose this for our BOP, it's because it's Texas's favorite beer. It, it's just a great beer. Yeah. San Adams. Yep. So. Can't really go wrong with that one. All right. So today we're going to be talking about how we would survive the apocalypse. Now, let's go into basics of what defines the apocalypse. Yeah. So according to the Oxford Dictionary... Uh, we got two different definitions. The first one, the complete final destruction of the world as ascribed in the biblical book of Revelation. The bells ringing is supposed to usher in the apocalypse to an event involving destruction or damage of an awesome or catastrophic scale. Um, according to Wikipedia, however, apocalyptic uh, or post-apocalyptic uh, fiction is a subgenre of science fiction, science fantasy, dystopia, or horror in which the Earth or another planet's civilization is collapsing or has collapsed. The apocalypse event may be climatic, such as runaway climate change, um, destructive, such as a nuclear holocaust or uh, resource depletion. Medical, such as a pandemic, uh, whether natural or human, humanly caused, or um, the end of time, such as last judgment, second coming, Ragnarok, etc., etc., etc. Sometimes that may include a zombie apocalypse, a cybernetic revolt, uh, alien invasion, such such as such. Yeah. All right. An example of an apocalypse, something that people have used to describe a an apocalyptic uh, an event, would be the nuclear bombs dropped on Hiroshima, Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II. Correct. So that would be a the closest close, closest one that I'd give that I know all three of us would kind of understand. So that's kind of what an apocalypse is from our little research. I just wanted this episode to be a little bit more of a conversation about how would we survive. I think that's a fun thing. So we're going to go into a couple situations. So um, we're going to talk about the biggest differences for how you would react uh, in a couple different ones. So before we get into that, I actually, because I know that we already brought it up right now, is we talked about the biblical end mm. of time, the the biblical apocalypse. Texas, I know this is something that we talked about previously, but I kind of want you to talk a little bit more about uh, your your knowledge of a religious standpoint of the end of time. Okay, um, this is a big generalized answer, I guess I'll put it that way. A big generalized synopsis would be 
the end of this world or the end of this age would be the passing away of this world would be the second coming of Christ. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, that'll be everybody facing final judgment, a world passing away, new world being made, and everyone that is saved will be taken or be part of this new world. Everyone who's not will be in outer darkness. Now that's, I don't know how much more apocalyptic that can be if you're not one of the saved people. So I don't know yeah. how, how much more detail you want to get into that. Uh, there's dogmas and any any branch of Christianity, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there are people that claim to be Christians, but have a completely different set of ideas, such as Mormons and Jehovah's Witness and all of that. I don't want to talk too much on that because I'm not involved with any one of those organizations, but that's that's the general synopsis here. So I wanted to bring this up. Uh, the religious aspect is because we talked about a really interesting uh, connection between our first situation that we're going to talk about is the nuclear apocalypse. Mm -hmm. um, can you describe the dimensions that we talked about a little bit ago about uh, what you were supposed to see during the apocalypse? Uh, well, everything in the Bible is broken into two, two things. You have your Old Testament and your New Testament. Uh, that's how modern Christianity breaks it up. Everything in the old is supposed to be forgotten and undone or covered over. Everything in the new is all that matters. That's one perspective. The other perspective, both are bookends. You have uh, Revelation as the bookend to Genesis, meaning the creation of the earth and the end of the earth. So those two go together. Um, there's, there's wars, rumors of wars. Christ speaks of that. But there, there is something that me and a few other people have found where it describes certain things happening, uh, apocalyptic events. And even still, when they ask Christ, uh, the apostles ask Christ, well, what, what do we know of your second coming? Meaning this is going to be the ushering in of the new age, right? Uh, he said, if someone says, I'm over here, don't, don't pay attention. They say, I'm over there, don't go. Uh, you'll know just as east as the lightning goes from east to west, right? Something very similar to that. Uh, to that effect, I I have this here. I can quote it directly, but I'm trying to trying to be brief. Yeah, you're so, good. Uh, short short of it here. There there are wars happening now. Wars that have happened between the time of Christ till now. Rumors of war, earthquakes, all of these other you would call it apocalyptic to the people that it happened to between then and here. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that's still not the end of the world. So, uh, but there is one thing that I found with the subject of nuclear devices in the book of Zechariah, which is in the Old Testament. And this dovetails with things that are happening in the modern times. Uh, it describes something here, and, and I don't want to quote it verbatim, but you guys can look us up. It's Zechariah 5. There are 11 verses to quote here. All right, that's why you're not, that's why you're not going verbatim. Gotcha. Right. But basically what it what happens is Zechariah is writing down a vision that he, he is trying to put words to paper for what he understands 1,500 years ago. Yeah. Right? So this is not just like yesterday. He has no idea of what modern technology is. And uh, an excerpt would be the angel told him to lift up his eyes and, and look and explain what it is that he sees. And he says, uh, to, to explain this, his answer is, I see a flying roll, or in, in the Hebrew, it's a scroll. It's uh, 
short of it is, he said he sees a flying scroll. Right? It flies. In an explanation, it flies like a crane. If you've ever seen a stork or a crane, they fly very straight. They fly very quickly. Like a plane. These are these are explanations here. It flies like that, and it gives actually gives a description of the size. It says uh, 20 cubits, which is the length of your fingertip to your elbow. This gets into the 20 feet. This goes into the golden ratio thing, but your cubit is somewhere between 18 and 22 inches. You can argue that doesn't matter. And then the circumference of this, so it, it gives it gives a a description of this and it says that it flies from one place to another now the other excerpt it says right here uh, he said unto me this is the curse that goeth forth over the face of the whole earth for everyone that stealeth shall be cut off as on this side according to it and everyone that sweareth or sweareth by me is what it, another way to interpret that shall be cut off as on that side according to it so this is something that to be cut off means to be killed to be wiped out right in the old book mm -hmm. so he's explaining that this is going to wipe you out this is a scroll that flies through the air and it's going to land in the house of a thief or a person who swears unjustly and it will wipe you out and it says right here shall enter the house of the thief and unto the house of him that sweareth falsely by my name and it shall remain in the midst of the house so what does that mean Anybody have any idea about nuclear radiation, fallout, that, contamination? Just because the bomb's gone doesn't mean the damage is gone. Correct. Yeah. It'll it's, stay there forever and ever. Now, not this, that long, but yeah. This could be confused for a missile, and that'd be great. But that, that doesn't remain there, for one. And for two, here's another thing it says. In that same sentence, verse 4, it says, uh, And it shall consume it with the timber and the stone thereof. So what, what bomb consumes the structure itself? incinerates it yeah bombs will blow it apart shatter it mm -hmm. but doesn't consume it like in a nuclear, nuclear blast so that's just uh mushroom cloud i guess now you can interpret it that way again uh the book of daniel in the old testament also says that there's much knowledge that and wisdom that's put in the book that will not be recognized eyes will not be open until the time is appropriate for us to understand that in layman's terms. So again, you can, uh, for biblical perspective, you can look at that and say that it's foretelling the future. And it and it doesn't say that it happens here or there. It says that this is a terribleness that's spread out throughout the globe. So um, it, we're, we're, it's not localized to just where he is, which is in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. It's all over the globe. We have it on this side of the globe, Russia on theirs. And everywhere in between. And it doesn't say that it's going to happen all at once either. No, it doesn't. It just it just explains that inside of this, and to me, I think what what the the most telling part is, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but uh, several apps you can use to break this down. But it says that uh, he said this is wickedness, and he cast it into the midst of what they call an ephah, which is it's a container. Okay. All right. And uh, he cast the weight of lead upon the mouth of this, the opening of it. All right. It describes it as a woman. It says, behold, there was lifted a talent of lead, which is a piece of lead, a lid, and is a woman that sitteth in the midst of this container, this ephah. Well, woman is one interpretation by that. If you read through the Hebrew, it can either be that or it can also be an offering, an offering of fire. 
If you okay. read it in the context that the King James has it, it says that it's a woman sitting inside of a container with a lead lid. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And they're going to fly that to a person. Yeah. If you read in this in the context of a fire offering or fire and contained, contained within lead, which is the, one of the few um, materials that we use to block radiation. Lead is an, an act, is actually what that what plutonium and all that turns into as mm. that's detonated and it, can, it holds in like you said contamination. Lead is the only thing we know that can fight against that, right? So we can safely manipulate and handle this. Yeah. So this is one way to interpret that that this is a a fire offering inside of this. And uh, yeah, that's that's something you can read through again. I'm. I don't want to act like I know all that, but it's it's something that I read and I thought when we were on, me and JD were talking on the subject of apocalypse, I said, that's that's one thing that came to mind. And I said, well, that's that's pretty interesting. That doesn't definitively prove anything and it doesn't yeah. disprove anything, but I don't know what you do with that other than just chew on it for a minute. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's why I kind of brought it up is I think it ties great into our nuclear apocalypse. Um, not only did this tie in with the religious aspect that we talked about, but I also wanted to make it tie in as a nuclear apocalypse is something that plausibly could happen. It is a possibility, especially with the threats of war going into World War Three. It's not, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yes. So, what um, you might actually know this number a little better than I do, but it is uh, with our missile detection, we would all get about eight seconds warning before a nuke would hit. I I believe it's we've upped that to closer to a minute i said we've upped that to just just about 60 70 seconds okay so we've, we've got a minute to hit a ditch or whatever you know what's funny is one of them basically said if you if there is a nuclear blast you are probably going to die but your best bet is to face away from it lay down and cover your head and hope for the best well <laughs> what's funny what's funny about that is that they did that during world war ii with british shoulder soldiers to test the blast mm -hmm. not necessarily a, a, a nuclear blast with the radiation but a non-radioactive blast mm -hmm. and they said they were able to see bones through their hands like almost like an x-ray covering mm. their face like this you were able to see through your eyelids through your hands those motherfuckers got cancer oh <laughs> most, most, most likely but like they were talking about that in and there's videos of these uh i believe it's british navy like units that were just out there mm. that were just testing it just to see yeah um but you can go and look it up and there's videos and they'll tell you, they're like, I saw through my hand, I saw bone, I saw blood vessels, I saw everything through my hand. And that wasn't even with my eyes open, that was through their eyelids. That's terrifying. Yeah, and um, like I said, the, the way they tell you to face away from it and then lay down, so you're, the hope is that your boots, if you're at the right distance, the boots will protect you. Yeah. The chances of you being at that distance are slim to none, but, Take every chance you can with that. All I'm saying is there's a perfect distance from a blast that all the food in every supermarket is cooked just right. That's actually, I, I did look that, there was a video <laughs> done on that, and it was actually proven on untrue unfortunately no stop don't don't break my heart like that no. i i want to live in a world where if the world is ending i can walk to my local supermarket and everything is pre-cooked <laughs> well i gotta find the video because I, I don't want to be um 
I'm not crediting that perfectly no. cooked pizza. I, yeah, gotta, perfectly cooked pizza. You gotta ask yourself that question. How true is it? They said that if uh, everything was to end by nuclear, I guess, devastation, the only things left would be cockroaches and Twinkies. I can I can believe no, no, no. that. We, we lost Twinkies there for a couple of years. I mean, they're wow. back. I don't think they taste the same. I was about to say they altered the formula. Yeah. They don't taste the same. I don't know what they did, but they're not the same. And by the way, that video that I was referencing was by Kyle Hill. Okay. Just We're going to bleep that name out. We're not giving anybody. <laughs> I love that guy. He's awesome, all right? No, but not nah, Twinkies. If Twinkies survive a bomb, I'm upset because they changed the recipe. They're not the same. <laughs> I mean, They're selling banana-flavored Twinkies now. Can you believe that? It's gross. Ew. Yeah. That, that does, uh, I like myself a good banana cream pie, but what the fuck? Maybe that's the sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> we're running out of flavor, so we're making artificial banana. Gross. Um, with that, we're going to jump because I know that we are on a little bit of time crunch and there's a lot that we could talk about. Like, I literally could spend the whole day talking about this. All right. Uh, but we're going to talk about a little bit more about a medical apocalypse, so such as a pandemic we we just we're kind of out of one depending on who you talk to right so with something like that a medical <laughs> a medical apocalypse could come down to either something and this is a debate and i'm so sorry because i know people in the comments will no matter what will, we will, no matter what we say people in the comments are going to argue this if the nuclear, or if the medical apocalypse is a natural cause apocalypse, or a human-made apocalypse, such as a genetically <laughs> engineered, yeah, gener, uh, yeah, Gen I am having problems speaking tonight. Genetically engineered um, pandemic. Yep. But like that's going to be the big argument that people are going to make in the comments. Either way that has happened. If a disease that was going through were killing people at the rate that, let's say, COVID was, or worse, mm -hmm. we could technically consider that a apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Now, you can also make the argument in this that, and you put it into a religious aspect, is that we follow a, I think it's about a 10 to 15 year window where a cycle repeats where it goes from this is the sign of antichrist and you go through this whole like step-by-step -step process to it's the end of days and then it resets and then you're back at the beginning again yeah history repeating itself constantly and, and, and it's not all religious people it is the extremist on all sides mm -hmm. of the aisle on all not just christianity but like on all religions where mm -hmm. like this is the sign of the end of days and yeah. then it goes through like a 10-step process to like 10 15 years and then it kind of like resets because they said that about 2000 2012 1999 uh what was the was there any more like years that people were saying the world was going to end besides that that you can remember i believe 2022 was another year they said it was going to end <clears throat> the uh the prediction of the end of the world goes all the way back to the early 40s. Yeah. They just kept, and ever since and, then, they've just... These, these were not fundamentalist Christians. These were everybody. Yeah. No, oh, really? Mostly, yeah, again, that's what I was cults, saying. Mostly cults. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that'll that'll sidetrack this into a totally different direction of cults. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, we'll cover cults on a whole nother. That, that'll just, be fun. I'm just saying that the majority of them were doomsday cults, end of the world. Do this, give us this money, give us this, give us that. We will save everyone. We made a bunker with all of our money. 
come on in and uh, we'll take and care of you. get killed by the ATF together. I mean, um, <clears throat> that, um, was, that was Waco. Yep. Rest of Indians. Yep. Sore spot, bro. Sore spot. <laughs> ATF, man. So, that's why they practice shooting. Uh, shooting the dogs. Shooting dogs because you fight. You train like you fight, right? Yep. Anyway. <laughs> but no, well, it's a big. It's a big issue. A bunch and, of clowns. Thank you. Um, thank our, you. Our, our, our I like third, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we don't take we don't take very kindly at all to that man. That's a whole lot of nonsense. Yep. But sorry. Go no, on. no. Like, <laughs> I love this. Um, but we also get into like the natural apocalypse as well. Mm. Um, that could be a lot of things uh, and a lot of religions and a lot of religions as well. They talk about this as well. It's it's asteroids. It's um, climate change, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they kind of do that with the what was that one movie with the rock, San Andreas? You know what I'm talking about? I think it came out. Was like, that was that was the rock in that movie? That was was a it San Andreas what, movie? Was it San Andreas? But the, the one you're talking about was the day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. That was where like the world was supposed to end, and like the the whole the whole world seemed like it just shifted upside down, and they built yeah. those arcs to, to yeah. escape in those boats. Yes, day after yeah, tomorrow. That, that's day after what tomorrow. I, I believe that that was the movie. I'm not a big movie buff, but. I, I watched several. Um, this is where I need a uh, I need double P from FFE to come in because that's he, what we would do. He's a huge movie guy, right? Yeah, uh, but yeah. So I mean, you get all these different scenarios. So with each one, I feel, and this is kind of really what I wanted to get into, is each one you would need to prep a little bit differently. Yes. So how would you do that? So like, what we're looking for is food. What would be the big difference with prepping your food and getting food ready? Um, and so if it was like, let's say like a nuclear apocalypse or something like that, you would need to be living underground. You would need to have pretty much all that stuff already prepped. It, you would already need to have your years and years of supplies down there. And whereas if let's say it was a disease apocalypse, you know, where it was, um, you would just need to be prepared to hunt animals and stay away from humans, or you could be living underground. So, yeah. Um, I disagree. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm so here. I'm this, is, this is where it comes in, and this is where I was going to break break into your conversation right now, is that we've, uh, me <laughs> and Texas have had this conversation on lives on uh, his channel, Beer, Beans, and Bullets on YouTube. All right. Uh, but and we've, so we've, we've had long conversations. I mean, like, I think we've done, like, three different lives, each of them being, like, three plus hours long. Okay. <laughs> Just talking about prepping talking about we're gonna this is how we're gonna can food this is how we're storing food this is how you should be storing food how you should be checking and rotating your food so so we we just talked about that i want texas to actually go into that a little bit more is i'm sorry man this feels like i I feel like a lot of this is is leaning into my corner man and i'm really not trying to that's what i want that's That's what what we're here for come on that's why we got you out here all right well Every person is different in their perspective of what what could end this life. Uh, not to not to leave out talking about the genetically modified things, mm-hmm. GMOs, yeah. right? Um, you guys might want to check up the CRISPR, the C R I S P R, and uh, what CRISPR is is gene editing. It allows them to do create GMOs such as like the corn, wheat, and all that that are consumed by people on a daily basis they don't know what that does to people so uh people that go all organic i don't i don't make fun of them because these are these are guys that are eating non-gmo foods i think that's a better idea yes just leaving just leading that leading that out there but 
just to touch on the viral thing, uh, the CRISPR also allows the editing of DNA of not just plants, but also animals. So what is the CRISPR? Uh, CRISPR allow, CRISP, what CRISPR is, is a process. It's also called CAS-19, okay. C-A-S-19. Uh, to be to be brief, you can just look it up, uh, or Cas9 is the other the other name for it. But I'm sorry, I said 19, but it's a Cas9. Um, okay. You you can look it up. It, it basically what it explains is Wikipedia will give you a 14 hour dis discussion. <laughs> All right. To to make it short, is they're allowed they they change the DNA of everything has DNA, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that is considered living has DNA. It allows them to somewhat genetically modify these things. This this is the process used like in the Resident Evil movies, yeah. for example. It's something that uh, gene splicing and all that. They've done this with goats and spiders, mm -hmm. where goats no longer produce milk, they produce silk. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. That sounds awful. That sounds it, horrifying. You should. It's such a great video. You should check it out. It's, uh, it's not cool, but it it's, it's interesting. It's terrible for the animals, but they uh, they wanted to find a way to mass produce silk, and the best way to do that is to blend the spider DNA of a mass silk producing spider, like an orb spider, orb weaver, to something like a goat, where you can. It's a small animal you and can. And they milk. successfully did it. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, that's fucking it's, it's so cool. No, we no, that ain't right. He showed me a video on a live stream once, and I was just like, this is crazy. No, I don't like that at all. Oh, I, I don't either. So when you're when you're saying that there are animals, I'm like, that's great. But some of these animals are, they're they're not. I wouldn't believe they're safe for consumption. Okay. For that that reason, and uh, I'm just saying that when you when we start getting in the realm of gen genetic modification, on it's still just it's you might as well just be can having canned food that you've already prepped long before this happened. It, it's such a huge such a huge spectrum of things. But the sample sizes are so small. This isn't like rampant, as far as I understand. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're gonna go outside and see like a four-legged dog, and then say, "Well, what's that on its back?" Oh, it's a fifth leg you weren't supposed to know about. You know, it's not. All right. It's not gonna be something that, that it looks normal from a distance, and when you get up close, you realize he's got six eyes or something. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm saying that these are things that are done. These are tests that are done by scientists, supposedly that are okayed by whatever governments that they're under, to run these tests, and they do these mm -hmm. things in small quantities so but but when you guys are talking about a, a viral thing i'm saying that there are a lot of animals in the old books they're called chimeras right yeah so not to be not to be just in christian or just this or that but in mythological books they're also named as chimeras mm -hmm. so this is the mixing of two species mm -hmm. all right in the old days this is not something that was new to them in terms of thought so because yeah, they they thought that uh, alchemy big a big thing part of alchemy was chim was making chimeras trying to well, the, blend two different animals to begin with the biggest the biggest goal of, of alchemy was turning lead to gold but yeah but, but they, that, <laughs> that, that didn't work out too well uh, it didn't work out at all but that's a whole nother whole nother issue i'm just saying that i in terms of that I just did. I just wanted to touch on the CRISPR thing for people that are listening that may want to do their own research. I, re I recommend that for everyone. All right. But I disagree when you said that the best thing to do is to stay on the ground and then hunt. Um, I have a, not just me, but a lot of people have their own priorities in terms of what, what it is that saves you. Three seconds without faith, right? Mm -hmm. Three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food. And there's shelter in there. That's three days as well. Three days, no shelter. Um, and of course, three three months. Uh, I, 
without sustainable or sustainability after three months you don't find a place that you can survive in that's kind of hospitable you're kind of done you got to become self-sufficient before everything breaks down to with, begin with within three months if you're not if you're not sustaining yourself in that situation you have to leave so that if it's not repeatable you all have right to, you have to get out of there so when you're saying hunting animals during the great depression which is similar to what we're in now in our recession in the united states in the old days everybody turned back to hunting animals you mm. know deer was almost extinct in the 20s 1920s i did not know that deer almost went extinct and they made it illegal uh, Yellowstone had almost no deer. They had to remove all the wolves. They went through all this. It's a whole process you can look into. But I don't believe hunting is something that people can do for one. Two, if they do manage to go out and bag all these deer and elk and whatever else, llamas, whatever they can find. How much damage are they gonna do to the um, ecosystem along you're, the way? You're, you're now destroying what's left of the ecology, right? So all right. Now what? Now you're, not only are you doing more damage to that, when you bring that food back, what are the, what are the probabilities that this food is tainted? Yeah, especially if it's a nuclear apocalypse, yeah. You got a deer that's been eating radioactive plants. Mm -hmm. These plants didn't die off somehow. That food gets transferred to the animal. You eat that animal, it gets transferred to you. All right. And what does radiation do? Damages your DNA. What does that do? Slow but painful anything. death. When it damages DNA, it does anything. It causes mutations, which are not checked, not controlled, which is life ending cancer causing death now you don't I, I don't know who else has seen other movies where the hills have eyes people look cool to you but that, I, don't, <laughs> I don't plan on looking like that. yeah no um i do reckon i do recommend the in terms of nuclear i do recommend getting out of the blast area the best the best way to avoid being nuked is to not be at a hot population target. center not be at a hot target yep Sorry, everyone on the West Coast You're of California. the United States. Dead. Well, I mean, it's basically the whole West Coast. We're is liquid. It's yeah, liquid. Yeah. It, it, it's, not even, <laughs> it's not even like every area on, on the West Coast is a populated area, but we are an area of target for our military bases because the West Coast, the Navy will be the first thing hit because that will yeah. weaken. The United States is is the whale. Russia is the elephant. The largest land animal, powerful land animal is Russia. All right. In America, we are the whale. We are surrounded on all sides by water. We're the strongest force on the yeah. ocean. Shout out, no, just saying, just shout out. No, to you're that. right. Our, not, that, not that I'm putting down our army or Marines or anything like that. They are, they are indeed putting in work. I'm just saying that the biggest show of force we can provide is not in our people, it's in our equipment on the ocean. Yeah, and um, uh, shout out to Great Britain. Thanks for uh, <laughs> giving, giving us that one. Yeah. What is it? Um, we, we have the first and second largest Air Force, I believe. Our regular Air Force and our Naval Air Force. Pretty sure that's the top two air forces in the world. Well, we talked a little about the Naval Air Force and being able to launch and land in like pitch black conditions conditions on the water yeah <laughs> and what we've only lost one plane well, we've only dropped one plane in the water i think we've dropped the british have dropped one and we have dropped one in the water but ours was recent yeah yes that happened in actually my my no, friend was we, on that ship i was gonna say i was like you're you're a person you know was on the ship yeah yeah, he found out people got court-martialed because they had videos of the of the thing, and it wouldn't have been so bad if the if the videos didn't have the coordinates on them. Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah. They were they were. They're, I'm pretty sure they're turning big rocks into small rocks. But right also, now. that's been a big issue uh, through the military right now for TikTok. 
Um, yeah, operational security is a big thing, and the Russians are learning it the hard way. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sorry, and it's not just the U.S. soldiers, but like any soldier in any country is on TikTok, and you can find them, and it's so easy. And it's not like, oh, here I am. They go through their barracks, and I, I don't know how much you guys know about infiltrating anybody, but if you can learn out the layout of the inside of a building, you can infiltrate it that much faster. Yeah. So if you're going through your barracks going, hey, everybody, look where I'm at. Hey, yeah, who, look at this doofus over here. And you sweep across the entire barracks and everybody, you see where all the personnel are and where the exits are and everything like that. You see where the stairwells are because of the signs. Yeah. It's easy to map out a building. Now you know what you're hitting. Yeah. Yep. Um, a little off topic, but I just wanted yeah, to. Yeah, no, operational security is a big thing that the military isn't driving home nearly ask, as much as they should. Ask Larry Vickers about that. He can uh, he can go into great detail about <laughs> Larry about, Vickers. About running huge drills. Um, it has to do with him and Panama. You guys check it out. I don't want to give too much into that. Okay, so we talked a little bit about food. Hopping back into this. We talked a little bit about food, prepping. No, probably not the best idea, hunting, right? All right, all right. So, so that's off the table for the most part. Yeah, so best thing you could do was probably prep beforehand and along that um that line of planning beforehand of becoming self-sustainable beforehand getting a good well would be way better than relying on on cleaning um fresh water like from a lake yeah because the i believe well water would be more protected against um whatever has caused this apocalypse but you probably want to store your own water and Mm -hmm. keep it from being contaminated because even with a well you don't want anything going through the ground and getting into your water supply because that cuts all your water supply yep but look um unfortunately that is the closest thing you have to you know getting it unless you have it containerized before but and you also have a well that you rely on yeah so with that we also want to talk about housing what are we going to do about housing because oh we're kind of really focusing on a nuclear apocalypse but remember like let's let's put into these other scenarios where what are we going to do for housing because for housing in a nuclear apocalypse that's gonna be a lot harder than housing in say a medical apocalypse or a natural apocalypse yeah, uh, I feel like you can't go wrong with um, getting a bunker, a shipping container, and just digging, digging it like ten feet underground and covering it up and making an entrance. Yeah, all I'm saying is I thought my my gym office look to the camera right now was the best one that I did. Because you said you said a bunker, bunker and then I made eye contact. Do you do you want me to zoom in on you and everything like that? Yeah, I want okay. edits. I want edits. No. Oh come on. I want a picture of a bunker here, then a picture of a bunker here, because look at all the space I now have. <laughs> I don't like this setup anymore. Oh, <laughs> we just got a chat. Um, can somebody... Uh, wait a minute, I may be able to look yeah, at Yeah, you that go myself. read it. That's your responsibility now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, the, what's the question we got here today? Hey, my friends. I just wanted to say hi. Also, I'd like to mention that I'm getting a strong sense that the gentleman on the left hosts great barbecues. Party on. Yeah, I'd, I, say, I, I'd say that's right. I'd say that's right. I that's assume that we're talking about Texas. What's up? Uh, yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, that's that's great. That's great. Yeah, if you guys, I feel like you. Would you do you host a good barbecue? I I try. I try. I, I'm, All I'm I, gonna say is that the I'm trying to stay humble. In the Snapchats that I get from this gentleman over here is he throws meat in a box. 
and it's the funniest shit to me because it's beer boxes. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Let's put this in context. We're gonna have to hit the pause button on this description because this is gonna end up on the hub or something. This is gonna be taken out of context. This gentleman throws meat in the box. I'm like, mm. look, it's, it's code. This, this is when I, I, I do, I do, I do barbecue. All right, all right, all right. So everything from briskets to whatever doesn't matter. Generally, I do pork chops, chicken, and hot links, right? Okay. Favorites. And uh, we have a beer box. So once we drink or take most of the beer out of this beer box and put it and put it in our ice chest, we have an empty box. So once we're done with that, we're such damn near animals that we literally just take the meat that's cooked and throw it in the beer box. And then we take it all inside and eat. And we... Silverware is cool, but I... I care enough about the missus to not put that on her. And if I'm hosting it, I have to do it. And I don't want to do it. So you're using your hands. And that's the way it works. Like I will sacrifice napkins all day. That's to me that's that's cheap and it saves time. I'm not cooking and then having to do dishes on top of that. Sorry. Pink Cat said that's just the vibe he gets from you. You look like a trustworthy guy that you would like to have a drink with and that you know your way around the grill. <laughs> I appreciate it. I hope well, welcome to Texas. <laughs> I was about to say I appreciate that. I hope that I hope that carried through pretty well. But I, yeah, I don't know what else to say other than I just try to do my best to not be a jerk on everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopping back into this, <laughs> as we're going into housing, we talked about bunkers. A great idea. Part of the reason that I wanted to do this episode was because of our name. We're the Bunker Buddies. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason that I wanted and I chose Bunker Buddies and I pushed so hard for us to use the name Bunker Buddies is not only are we interested in the bizarre and unnatural and the mysterious like cryptids and everything else, mm -hmm. we're also very much preppers in a lot of ways where we're talking about our Second Amendment rights. We're talking about actually like preparing for situations getting like self-sustainable not, ne not necessarily a nuclear apocalypse because there's only so much you can do because once it happens it happens and a lot of it's out of your hands you can only do the best you can yeah but bunker buddies we're talking now about housing i think a bunker is a great idea i've talked to uh texas about this i'm not going to say locations on here but i've looked at places to put bunkers i've done what I, I've financially figured out how much it would cost me to get a bunker, a well, like to set myself up on a plot of land that'd be far enough out. Um, we've done live episodes on his channel of like how I would do it, setting up solar, setting up um, uh, containers to catch water. How hard would rains. it? How hard would it be to uh, set up farming within that bunker? You would need a lot of. How would? How well does UV like? Farming would farming? take a while until you would be able. It would be a couple of years to get your farming land ready after a nuclear apocalypse but if we're talking about a medical or a uh, natural you might not talk that take that long yeah and the we we haven't talked about the easiest one to handle because it is the easiest one to handle that's more of an economic collapse where it's more like it's just every man for himself because nobody can no longer afford food well, let's say um a solar uh a solar flare hits wipes out all electricity and the population does not react well it's every man for himself everybody's living everything like that that in my opinion is probably a little bit easier now you do have the unpredictable element of humans are way more unpredictable than let's say a bomb but that is 
the immediate danger is always immediate. It's not something that you didn't think about that's going to bite you in the ass later. Like you. My, my opinion on this, and this is also my opinion of why, one of the reasons why the U.S. is one of the greatest countries in the fact of a military invasion, is you can beat the U.S. military every which way to Sunday. However, if you were trying to get into the U.S. soil... One out of three Americans owns a gun. I think I, it, the the it, fact I, that I disagree. I I think that when it comes down to it, compared to any other country, that the American people, even if they don't want to admit it, even the left, and I mean like the extreme left, I think when it comes down to it, are very stubborn and very patriotic to the point where they wouldn't just let they a will protect their land. land. Now, what were you disagreeing with? What, it, what are you just? Yeah. What are you disagreeing? Um, just about talking about where we said you can beat the military. Every which way, way from Sunday, I said I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> so I think what I, I don't. I don't think. You, I don't think anybody can. I just think if you were able to, and if were by able to some breach, God, can I, can I explain how you could do that? Yeah. How Russia could easily do that because that's their most formidable enemy at this point uh, in terms of today's. Politics. We have mm. Russia and China, two biggest, yeah. two biggest enemies. You have the the bear and the dragon, right? So to All make right. it very, very short uh, for the bear or dragon, bear is going to be the the biggest one. All they would have to do, you're talking about civil unrest. Uh, you're talking about nuclear devices. Russia will definitely use a nuclear device, but not in a conventional way. What I mean by that is, they consider an EMP not as a nuclear use of nuclear weapons they look at it as an electrical attack mm -hmm. they don't consider that the use of a nuclear weapon in the sense of like we did with nagasaki and hiroshima even though it is a nuclear device they didn't use it in a nuclear Correct. way because is that there, how they there is it? no there's no direct death correlated to the detonation of the bomb high altitude it would okay. destroy all of our electrical infrastructure. Mm. Please explain to me how long people can survive without our electrical infrastructure. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like a solar flare wiping out the electromagnetic um, across the board, that would probably lead to a ton of civil unrest and looting. And that would wipe out electricity across the planet, sir. Yeah. Uh, Not just in the U.S., but that would solar flares are probably lead to a um, breakdown of. Civilization. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it. A huge breakdown of civilization. Uh, I agree. But again, this is where I think this the U.S. people as a whole are a little stronger than other countries where we might run out of power and we might run, let's say, an economical decline. I think we are more prepared as a people than other countries. Is that just on average, like the average person? I, I think on average, I think we are. Elaborate, please. I think when you compare us to Canada, to Mexico, to Greece, Greece is a great example. of They've gone bankrupt a couple times in the last couple of years. I think we, as a people, even without a government, are stronger than the government body that governs us, if that makes sense. That would be nice, but I'm not sure how true that is just because of um, how coddled it seems like the average citizen is at, in a first world country. Um, like, there are, there are people that are more prepared in America than most people around the world, but there are also a lot of people that don't know how to wipe their own ass without the hand of the government. I, I agree. I, I, I get that, but also... And not saying that we, where we currently are, are 
privileged in that, but from my experience, I grew up in a very populated area, mm-hmm. and I would agree with that. However, coming farther towards the center, and I have a lot of family closer to the middle of the United States, I would disagree with that for the fact that people towards the middle of the country, the people who actually own land, who work with the land, the people who get stuff done. All right. In the fact that like it contributes to a bigger picture and not just... I'm going to a job and I'm inputting a number that is only going to help me and my company where you're talking about people who go out and like dig trenches and, and right. I am, I'm mining for coal. I'm pulling oil. Like that's the family. So we do have, have, we have such a wide range that there are people, there are a lot more people that are more prepared than the average person. I, I would say, mean? I would say that. Yes. I do think that there is a huge percentage. A, a percentage that is too big for me to be comfortable with. <laughs> that wouldn't be able to survive going without internet for a week, yes. let alone and electricity. That, and, that's, and that's, I'm not saying that I'm blaming the coast, but it's the coastal <laughs> on both, in both ends of the state yeah. or a country. I mean, I mean, West coast, East coast, anybody who's on the coast or on a coast, you might be a little, and I'm, I'm even saying that, and I'm going to throw this out there. There are cities in Texas that are like are getting that way. Like, I think he, that way I are getting there. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like he hates those cities. Those people. Those, those I'm, I'm just saying there are certain cities that are being uh, quote unquote colonized by the rest <laughs> of the the state. By California, which is also my my argument for Russia as well. Is Russia's having a similar problem, not necessarily colonization, but but the the uh, opposite of that where yes they have a very powerful army mm-hmm. but there's so many people leaving that army and leaving that country they don't, at, an, at an alarming rate they don't feel the want or the need to fight for their government for well because their government's not being honest of what they're doing yeah i believe it has more to do with global communication and everybody understanding that in the older days the Bob, propaganda might work bob dick and harry over here in the u.s had no idea what vlad and and uh, whoever else over here in Russia we're doing, we have no idea what they're like because of the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. Since that fell and the Soviet Union, Union collapsed in the early 90s, you can argue which date exactly, but uh, since then we've been able to connect with these people and realize they're not really much more different. They do things differently, but they're not much more different. They're, they're people, they believe red like we do. Yep. And uh, no different from the Germans or anyone else. So in all reality, we're all trying to do as a person or as people, we're trying to do what's best for ourselves. It's easy to fall prey to propaganda if you don't know any better, but the vast majority of people have the internet, yep. you know, which has broken that stronghold that most And I do like have. that um, during, um, I think it was, Right after the First World War, I can't remember the name of the movie. There was a great movie that was um, actually banned by a couple countries for being, believe it or not, some some people some people banned it in countries for being pro Nazi pro communism, and other people banned it in other countries for being anti communism. And it was um, it was basically saying how this this group of teenagers signed up to fight the the Great War, and they're like, I I don't want to kill Krauts. I didn't even see a Kraut until I came over here and had to fight one and it was one of those things where we in the modern age do have a better grasp i think on every human is human there's not necessarily 
very many evil people. Well, we get we get glimpses of that during World War II, where the Germans and the British and the Americans cease fire to celebrate Christmas, and that's what I was about to say—the Christmas miracle, where the the Americans during Christmas threw bundles of food over to the German lines. The Germans thought it was a trap. But after several hours, they sent someone, probably the lowest ranking guy, to go check it out. <laughs> and it was probably food. Dickwad, yeah. They realized this was an offering of of something positive for once, so they threw something of theirs back. Mm-hmm. Americans did the same thing and realized, hey, you know, they're just like us. They, they don't they don't want to fight this war either. But and, and for Christmas, they they decided, hey, let's uh, at both sides decided, hey, ceasefire, and they literally met in no man's land. They had a soccer game. They they enjoyed themselves, correct. They enjoyed themselves for the whole day. After it was all said and done, Christmas was over. Everybody separated back to their lines. Two people fired shots and said, all right, here we go. Back to where we started. Now, think about how idiotic this whole idea is. The, the thing that I don't like is when you talk about pro and, and anti-communism is, what does Nazi mean? What is it short for? Uh, that was the national... I don't remember the full... Nazi is National Socialist. Please explain the difference between socialism and communism. It's a stone's throw away. They're exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, they're pretty damn close. One version of red with a with a black X, and then a version of red with some stars went to war with each other. Communism of one type hates socialism of another. They are the same wings of the same bird. And the only reason why they went to war with each other is because the country's leaders wanted something from the other. Is that correct? Uh, the way I understand history, no. No? They, don't, they didn't want anything from each other. Hitler wanted a, a perfect Germany. The only way to do so was to take oil from the Caucasus, which is what he failed to do at the beginning. Got it. Had he done so sooner, um, he would have been able to keep his war machine going. America was completely neutral to the fact that this was going on because... It's in Europe. We're, there, we're, we're doing our own thing. There was a couple things that America did during that war that wasn't, like, great. But also, <laughs> Germany was doing things that America was very interested in. But yeah. America would not have the support to do. In terms mm-hmm. of technology, correct. That they were just like, let's see how this plays out. Yeah. Like, we're going we're gonna to let this go. We're going to see what happens. We, we should make sure we're not... Stepping foot in it, but yeah. there was there's a couple things that we got from Germany really early on that we were like, huh? Keep to it. We're, we're interested. That's a really interesting discovery because they were there's still very major scientifical steps that Germany was doing at this. Oh time. yeah, and I mean not not including the fact that they went out and did Volkswagen and not saying Volkswagen is a great brand, but Volkswagen <laughs> if you go and get a Volkswagen, oh. very reliable car. Hitler. Yeah, he, he is the reason Volkswagen exists. But also, which yeah. is kind of a shame. Yeah, 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 yeah it's not the wrong. truth. That is literally the truth. Yeah. But I mean, also, Michael, you saying because I'm a huge marketing guy. I love the the stuff that Hitler and uh, Germany, or not Germany, but Italy does for marketing when it comes to propaganda, where it, uh, you compare what they were doing prior to the dehumanization of uh, enemies, yep. and then for freaking Mussolini over here to be like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna start sending. Um, English propaganda to the United States where this fool learned English and started sending uh, English propaganda to the United States for Italian like Italian Americans being really? like if you want to fight in the war the but he learned English to do this which the, I thought was really funny that's kind of funny and the United States literally had to go to the Italian mafia this is this is not oh, so a I did hear about the, this one the OSS literally reached out to Italian mafias 
and have them reach back to what they call the motherland, their mm -hmm. homelands in Italy. And they are they are the vast majority of the reason that the what's the word that they gave them uh, partisans yes literally took up arms and caused, Fuck, caused the Italian revolt. government and uh, Il Duce had quite a bit of problems and he actually fell had it not been from Hitler and his stronger stronger soldiers he would have fell victim way sooner than he did mm -hmm. but uh, I believe we're getting a little off. off of oh, this. We, oh, oh my God! We, we got. We're, we're talking about we, the apocalypse. We're Holy talking shit. about housing, and and like we got a little <laughs> bit off track. This, that's totally fine. I I planned for it. It is okay. I expected us to go off track a little bit, but housing and our next topic is survival, and I think these kind of two go kind and hand in hand when it comes to you can't really survive if you don't have anywhere to sleep, and you need somewhere to sleep to be safe to to recharge for the next day. Cavemen did it and we've done it every day since. So we need to talk about how important this housing is, as we've talked about doing bunkers, taking basically a storage unit, um, like our, our shipping containers, mm -hmm. burying in it, doing that. You can go and get a actual like C-train. C-train and like bury it. And you can do that. We've talked about doing this as well. Can, can, I, can I ask what the pros are to having a container conics buried in the ground yeah, um, and what the cons are to that please uh so the pros that i can imagine right now are concealment um i disagree all right go ahead i, no, I, I, I want to hear I, the disagreement I, first i know what he's disagreeing on and i agree with this because i think what you're going to go off of i'll let you do it but i think you're going to go off of ventilation who's going to put it in the ground it would probably be you before everything happened Correct. Um, you have to get equipment. That, yes. That's a very, believe it or not, reinforcing, excuse me, reinforcing the structure before putting it on the ground. It takes a lot of prep work, a lot of steel. It has to be welded, has to be girded, has to be reinforced, planned out, put in the ground. vast majority of people will do what? Hire contractors. And All right. So, so what you're telling me is that people list. knew. Unless you do it yourself. So so what I'm people hearing people are gonna know where it's at. So what I'm hearing you say is what what you're saying is people knew Bruce Wayne was Batman? Because he uh, obviously had to hire a contractor. No this one, billionaire baby is not gonna build himself <laughs> a bat cave. Now now this is in the fifties I agree because no one Batman is not building a lazy Susan, bro. Somebody somebody had to know. A lazy so, somebody had to know there was a lazy Susan for a Batmobile. They had to know. All right. But this is like, I understand what you're saying, but the point that I'm making is unless you do this all completely on your own, hmm. the vast majority of people will hire a contractor. They will know where this is. Mm -hmm. Things begin to get sideways, where are they going to go? To that place that they remember. Yeah. So that that does um, lead to a little bit of depending on what Thank kind you, of apocalypse it is, does determine how concealable that is because if it is a let's say nuclear apocalypse the, the likelihood of the, of people coming to you is slimmer than if it was a economic breakdown but yeah that does if you that would probably have to be part of your prep work to begin with was learning how to do it yourself which takes a lot of skill or a little bit of that's one of the biggest things when it comes to survival is you can't really do it on your own very effectively as you could with a group of people, a tribe of with ten. bunker buddies. With bunker buddies, I agree. Um, having people that know how to do things, like my dad is a great welder. He is a um, he did lots of the survival training while he was in the military. I agree. You community is is very important, and not only is that going to help you 
Um, I'm not sure about you, but it's a lot easier for me to give up whenever I'm the only one that's going to suffer for giving up. You're showing out or what? Yeah, yeah, they hooked me up with a little. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. No, that's all good. I, I just saw him just just swig that, and he's currently on his uh, sixth, fifth, fifth beer, one. fifth beer, and I'm on four, and I'm just. I haven't even. Finished I'm only my drinking as fast as they're being given to me. I apologize. I just, <laughs> I sorry, make, sorry. I gotta make myself look good because I gotta. Because if you guys know, I have my own YouTube channel. JD, where I do do drinking challenges and stuff like that, but I also do it against his channel, Beer, Beans, and Bullets, so I always try to drink more than him, especially when he's in the room. But also, Sam, Samuel Adams, if you want to sponsor us, this is a great time. Dude, if they would... So, if very they would, smooth, very easy to Do you think we drink. could use the Shipping Up to Boston song if they sponsored us, since they have the rights to it? Yeah, we, we, we start using uh, Dropkick Murphy's uh, Shipping yeah, Up to Boston. That would be pretty lit. Anyways, so that's actually one of the unsung heroes that I haven't even, like, thought to talk about much, is having a community is gotta be the, the biggest thing in survival. Not only because of having the different skills all coming together, but also being able to rely on each other whenever someone's either down or something like that. Yeah, and that's something that I want to get into. Go for it. No, I don't want to over talk. I'll talk over you here, but uh, community is important. Uh, first question, who's running security when you go to sleep at night? It's It's got to be somebody you can trust. And if you have nobody? You're screwed. Nobody, nobody's running security. Those people need to eat, right? Mm-hmm. What are they going to eat? Contaminated animals in the ground, or they ain't roadkill because there's no roadkill because it's not Mad Max. Everything's shut down. You <clears throat> you have to you have to put everything up front uh, in terms of community. Everybody at some point is going to have food in their pantries, and things do get old. Things go out of date. Mostly fresh vegetables, fresh foods, things like that. Uh, that's going to be the first to be eaten, obviously. And uh, shit. In in terms of uh, in terms of in terms of what to stock, uh, I air. Finish this. Apologize, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Air should be your first priority. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I just want to break that down, Barney style. Air should be the first priority. Gas masks, all that. Mm -hmm. uh, CBRN masks. If you've got full suits, that'd be great. If you're anticipating your nuclear fallout and everything else, because even if you're inside of your structure, inside of your home, you can, you need masks between you and the radiator. And even spot. if it's just economic collapse, you have no idea what the capabilities of a person trying to take all of your stuff is going to have, whether that be tear gas. It is very, um, very good for you to have you and everybody else clean shaven and ready to be able to put on a mask at any moment. And that's something that you would need a structured community to do. Correct. I, I believe that uh, the best way to keep your house from catching fire is to have a community. Because if you're holed up in your house or you have your bunker and a container in the ground and there's no nuke, there's no this, there's no that, there's no concern for what air you breathe. But now you're looking at resources such as your food, water, shelter. You have something underground. Uh, you need ventilation to breathe. Mm -hmm. If you are in your bunker underground and I was help, I was there to help you put it in, I knock on the door and say, hey, me, my wife, and my children are starving. Please help us. And you say, you're on your own. I'm going to cover up your fucking vent. I could easily cover your vent or do the opposite. Leave it open and smoke you out. Mm -hmm. When you come out, you don't know where I'm at. You don't have a periscope. I don't think you're smart enough to put one in. You don't have a periscope. You have no way of knowing where you're at when you come out of there or where I'm at. 
when you come out of there, right? Sitting there with a rifle telling you either share your shit or I'm going to shoot you right now. I have now I have now made your bunker into a liability. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what happens then? Because are you willing to turn away starving children? No. That is something you have to be willing to do if you're willing to lock yourself into this bunker. Yep. If you are saying, well, let me open this up and bring you in and help you, are these people you can trust? This is a whole, this is the thing of you being one person, an island. No man is an island. So we kind of, we kind of touched on a topic that I'm going to bring up a little bit later, but we talked about running into survivors if survivors run into you. And this ties in with our community into our survival into our housing, because we talked about burying bunkers. Uh, with that, we also need ventilation. So you need those ventilation systems exposed enough to get air. Mm-hmm. With that, that is a liability. Being trapped in a hole in the ground is a liability when it comes to threats. You have a $12,000 grave, sir. Basically. Yes. Unless, unless you have security being able to take over up top. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm going to say you're, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have security that is able to cover that, which in order to have security to cover that in a possible, you know, really bad situation, they can only be up there for so long. Hence, you need community to be able to take shifts and people you can trust to be able to do so. I believe if you have a community, you don't need a bunker. Exactly. I believe that, assuming this is not a nuclear apocalypse, right? Apocalypse meaning an ending or a breakdown, a, of dying, a dying off of your lifestyle. Okay. Uh, I use apocalypse in that term. Societal collapse, rather. Okay, so we have a, an apocalypse. So would you society. consider, with that, would you consider COVID being a, we'll, we'll say one of those medical apocalypse? Is it basically reset how we live life? Yeah. In the smallest sense of the term, yes. I believe that resilience resilience can only be built if you have how should I explain this? I apologize. I, I shouldn't have shouldn't have spoke so so boldly on that. <laughs> I believe I believe the only way you can be resilient is to be prepared. And the only way to be prepared is to understand what it is you're preparing for. And it's hard to prepare for something where there's so many you, different things to prepare for. The only way you can do that to have a broad umbrella is to have a strong base. The only way to have a strong house is to have a strong base. Your strongest base is to cover your five. Three seconds of faith, without that you're done. Three seconds of air, or you're dead, right? Mm-hmm. Or three, oh, three minutes. Know, three minutes, I apologize. Three minutes of without air, brain damage, you're done. Um, three hours without shelter, you're three days without water. And can we talk about that three seconds of faith? Because uh, I know, I know at least one of us is not um, religious, and I think that that faith doesn't necessarily have to be in the Lord Almighty or whoever I, you believe in. What I mean by faith, faith has faith has nothing to do with a God. Faith has to do with conviction to survive. And because whether you have faith in a higher being or not, you have to decide within yourself you're going to make it. If you've given up hope. Hope and faith are interchangeable in my book. If you've given up hope, say this is pointless. There's no point for me to do this. It's like people. It's that already go, over. It's like people that go down in a plane crash, and I don't mean to, to throw this in the wrong direction, but people that go down in a plane crash, the vast majority of people die on impact, but there is a portion of people that survive, and then they are found dead in their seats. Because once they've crashed, the person that has crashed dies from smoke inhalation, inhaling toxic chemicals. Mm-hmm. 
And if they ha- would have had the faith in themselves to be able to push themselves out, they might have had a chance to survive. They had no training, and they had no faith in themselves to get out of there. They believed, I crashed, I'm dead, mm-hmm. and they've given up. And um, During a crash where people survive, you'll have one or two people that pull themselves from the wreckage. They survived, but they had enough faith, enough understanding in themselves to do what was considered impossible. And I don't want to hit on this one too much because um, we've already talked about it a lot, but it is a lot easier to lose faith in yourself than it is to lose faith in you and your community as a whole. So if you have a community, it is a lot easier to keep yourself going whenever you know that you are working towards not just keeping yourself alive, but keeping your brother, your sister, and their kids alive. What what pushes, um, and this is broadly speaking from my experience, what pushes a man is his responsibility. And the more a man is responsible for, the, the stronger he will become. Mm-hmm. If a man is responsible only for himself, he can fail only himself and he's done. If a man has a family, he's responsible for his wife and his children or I'm, whatever else. I'm sure you've heard a lot of parents say that I was not responsible enough to be a father until I was one. And then I became responsible enough to be so. Right. I mean, that's, that's something that every person is different. But responsibility, you never know if you're ready until you have it. Yes. And something that I want to bring up is because we talk about community so so much is with community comes government. And, and this is this will become a little political. But I mean, on a scale is when you talk about a community, you eventually have to grow that community to contain its society. So with the US and how we are going currently, is it better to have a smaller community or a bigger community? In a lot of ways, a, a bigger community sounds nicer in the ways that it sounds like for security and whatnot, but I would personally rather be in a smaller community knowing knowing the person to love to me, knowing the person um, on, if I knew everybody within that community, I would feel a lot better. Um, I, I agree with that. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm so very pumped for our new bunker that we're going to be getting soon. Yes. Um, quotation, quotations. Um, bunker. But our Dude, new we, bunker that we're getting soon. Oh, we can soon, do the bunker with a brick background. With the brick background would be so amazing. Oh, yes. If we get into the brick background, we can do the mirror background. We'll figure it out. All right. But with this bunker is that we basically know everyone in there currently. There's one more bunker available. But within that bunker, they do barbecues, um, community community barbecue accessories available to everybody so i love the fact that it's so tight knit and that it's a family environment that i feel safe mm-hmm. and like um, if, if i left down down the, the street to go to the, the grocery store i feel safe leaving my door unlocked where i don't feel like i need to lock it which i love i love the fact that i feel that security not saying that I will, not saying that I won't carry, not saying that I won't have because stuff in the house. Because you never know that there might be some crazy that comes along, but you don't feel that the neighbor across the street is going to be the one to do so. No, nah, and that's exactly as I was able to meet the majority of the people who live there, and I feel very confident in the fact that if a threat happened, even if someone was breaking into a neighbor's bunker, I feel confident enough to be like... You don't belong there. I'm going to stand their ground for them when they're not there. Yes. So 
I like that about our bunker, and I love the small knit community that we built there mm-hmm. and that we're going into. And I love the small knit community that we've built over the last couple months, not just with between me and me, but just with the community that we've built here, with our producer, with everybody. I love that that tight knit community that we've built, and I think that is very essential. And I mean, and that's also you make it slightly bigger where it comes political and whatnot, but I think that's where you 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 then start assigning positions of leadership and and roles, and you can put that in a smaller group because even in our small group of people, we have those roles. And it, there has to be a lot of trust whenever it comes to once the community starts to get bigger and you have to start assign roles, it has to be thing people you can trust and. I trust you enough that whenever you say that this person is going to be a reliable person, I know that's that you're correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is a a trust that you're able to pass on to somebody else. And if you don't build that community beforehand, before the apocalypse comes, it's going to be a lot harder to build that last second because people are putting off facades to get what they want to get them and theirs through it a hundred percent and i agree and i i don't know how you feel but when it comes to housing to survival to community for me at least with this post-apocalyptic world is do i feel safe sleeping with you around i I do i a hundred percent feel that if i fell asleep right now in this minute that i could trust everybody in this room to protect me that makes sense. Like, if we were in a... I'll, I'll write a sharpie mustache a, on you just in case, but... <laughs> I would rather you write a penis on my face than for me to die in my sleep yeah. from a enemy attack. Yes. Because that's a funny, like, college young person thing to do. But I mean, like, I trust, I trust everybody in this room enough to sleep. And I think that's... And I don't understand... I don't think that everybody understands the the importance of that is I, the, the safety and the security that I feel with people in the community that we've built to, I'm okay to sleep. And you know what? Um, Cause I, I don't feel that with everybody. Like if I go to work, I don't feel safe falling asleep at work. I would never feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually hadn't even thought about community nearly as much about prepping as I had before this podcast. And I'm glad we had that. Cause that's something that I have, I hadn't thought about before this podcast and I need to. Oh, prepping is such a big thing for me, and I want to do more of it. And it's something that you'll see. Being self-sufficient, not having to rely will, on. Yeah, I will make more content, and you'll see it on our YouTube channel. So go like and subscribe. But I'm going to start doing that a little bit more because I've talked about doing it. I've wanted to do it. But now that I, I get my own bunker to do it in place we and space do, to we, do it. We do have a little planner section that one of our neighbors has already started. And I'm sure. A planner section, we have our own our own little like area balcony to do stuff so i mean that's stuff that i want to do and it's not just fruits and vegetables i'm talking about stuff like aloe vera and stuff like that because we want to talk about getting medic medical stuff and uh, because as much as we want to talk about farming and that's something that i have here is uh communication we we can talk about food and stuff like that is it's great to have that stuff but when you're talking about farming you want aloe vera because aloe vera is such a great not only a medical resource but it's so great for so many different parts of your body if you want i did 
didn't healing know, for your hair. For, I didn't know about aloe vera for that. I've um, my parents did have an aloe, do have an aloe vera plant in their front yard, and I can't tell you how many times I've gone over there. We've gone out on the boat for hours and hours. We peel back this. We cut off a piece of the aloe vera. We peel it back, and we literally like squeeze it onto our sunburns, and it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And we were lucky enough that it was already there when we moved in. And knowing my dad, the moment he gets his property that he wants to get whenever he retires, he's going to make that a self-sufficient bunker as hell. And if I'm not with you already having a self-sufficient bunker, I'm hightailing it over there. So part of of having your own bunker is having the community we talk a little bit about. But you also want to have that communication. So let's say that our bunker is so far away from your bunker. We want to be able to communicate or at least have some type of communication because obviously not only are in a medical, in a nuclear apocalypse, in a um, societal breakdown, a societal breakdown, we won't have a post office. We won't have cell phones. These become obsolete. And this is probably the first thing that goes before you run out of food. This will probably go first. And uh, I'm not sure about you, but um, I already have a radio. I've already been um, done a little bit of research on radio etiquette and radio frequencies and stuff like that, I know that I don't necessarily have the equipment needed to carry me more than five miles. But that's something that I want to I want to get into is that we need to talk about communication. You look like you have something that you want to say right now. The FCC won't exist. Yeah, the FCC. Fuck the so, FCC. Did you know that with a UV5R, which is um, one of the most common ham radios in the world, you were not allowed to transmit on GMRS or FRS frequencies, which for those of you that don't know, are the same frequencies that you use to talk on a walkie-talkie because it is considered too powerful, which is the dumbest thing in the world. Correct. If you buy a Baofeng, which Baofeng is, UV5R. is, is UV5R is the yep. most... That is the that is the Lego of like the the, the that beginning is like step. that is like the base level of your we're no longer buying Mattel toys walkie talkies exactly that is the adult version of the Mattel walkie talkie. Thank UV, you for the, showing me this man. I love this man. The Continue. UV the UV5R. Um, there's a, there's a I will send you links to a UV5R complete better upgrade that they make. But that's another another okay. outside of this podcast. Apologize. All right, no problem. Um, uh, the, Looking forward to that. Yeah, this this gentleman here is speaking on, on ways to communicate with others. My question is this, if all of this works out and all this is great and there's whatever, uh, if he's using these things to speak with other people, FCC will be gone, regulations will be gone, complete collapses happened, whatever the scenario, you have, somehow you have power. How would you power these things? Please explain to me. So that would be another thing that we were talking about. He was already talking about solar panel with your community. You would already have to have that set up and you would have to have basically a radio center set up with a antenna that you would have already had to do. EMP will wipe out Okay. solar panels. If we do an EMP, EMP apocalypse, that wipes a lot of that out. And that's where a lot Communica- of that... Communication is word of mouth. So what I'm La- hearing is... Larger community, is you We want- need to get... Uh, messenger pigeons back. What were you saying about larger community? You you want your community. The best way to explain this would be resistance, resistance toward an invading body. Uh, because if the United States falls into this, let's let's just say the Russian government has taken over our let's, government and they so, don't necessarily have the means to control everybody. Scenario A. Scenario A. Drop an EMP on America. All right. Let's allow America to spiral downward. Collapse. All right. Collapse ensues. Sun Tzu's first 
principle. Do not interrupt an enemy when they are destroying themselves. Let's let America weaken and destroy itself because each other, because both, each other. both sides, left and right, are so angry and spun up that every left-wing guy is trying to kill the right-wing guy and so on. It doesn't have to be an immediate response by either Russia or China, but let's just say You're this about happens. to say something offensive, weren't you? Let, no, I was checking the time and I okay. actually I'll say not let, as far as I thought I, we were going say, to let, let, Let's assume that there is there is this collapse. They, they, they turn off all communication in the EMP East and West Coast. Okay. They would launch these from where? Let's just say uh, Arctic Circle sure. off of uh, Alaska. Near Alaska, yeah. Uh, that would be the, the number one place. Second place would be where? Venezuela. Yeah. Because they've had joint operations with... They have? Yes. Yeah. Did not have uh, Venezuela, Venezuela, Cuba. Venezuela uh, has been hosting China, who is their biggest backer, Russia, Iran, North Korea. Because we've cut them off from our stuff. They are this. the largest collapsed, still working somehow, collapsed government that is still, is <laughs> because it's a dictatorship. That's I was going to say, working. is it because it's just such a military powerhouse compared to its it, peoples? This is why you need silver and gold because that's a whole other issue. Oh, but, did you did you hear there's actually a representative that has put forth a... Yes. Um, okay. To return and, to the old standard. It, it will, Sorry. It will, it will die. It will, I know, but I can hope. It will not make it. It will not make it. But I can hope, because right? Because if you pay the dollar to gold, it, we're done. Uh, but I OPEC, can hope, can all, I? You, can, you can. You can hope all you want, sir. But there's a reason, and I don't mean this just kind of throwing that out there. I'm probably going to offend everybody. It doesn't matter. There's a reason why silver and gold is called God's money because you can't counterfeit it. Yeah. Like what we are, our dollar bills are fiat Paper. currency. It's fiat currency. Mm -hmm. It's only backed by what? The governmental entity. The belief in the money. Yes. Like, correct. The projection of power by the United States government. Yep. This goes all the way back to... Oh and, my God! I don't want to get into it. All right, we're, <laughs> I'll, I'll move this aside. I'm just saying. But I mean, we've talked about silver and gold in in live streams. We've talked about. Uh, there's a guy that we talked to um, in Illinois, uh, Cajun. Oh uh, no, no, he was in Louisiana. 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 It's Cajun. My neighbor, my uh, my neighbor state, and I am I am thirsty and I'm out of beer. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. But we. I apologize, JD. I, I don't mean to put you out for having to apologize, but I appreciate it. Thank you. But no, we've talked about talked about this with a, a guy named Cajun, his YouTube channel. Um, I'm gonna ask you guys to continue small talk while I run to the latrine. Oh, he's right. breaking the seal already. So what we're talking about is on our YouTube channel. I'll probably oh, link it. I'll make sure that we link all this stuff below. So should we? There's small a, talk. So not, small, nothing we're, major. We're gonna talk about gold and silver really quick. We've talked about this guy uh, with this guy uh, Cajun. We'll link his YouTube channel below along with yours. Uh, but what we're gonna talk about? I appreciate you don't have to. We we talk about live uh, on our live streams. We've talked about gold and silver and the importance of that. His channel is really focused on gold, silver, um, precious that, metals that are physical. It's physical. It's something that holds its value, un, unlike money, uh, paper money, regular just fiat currency. Fiat currency, yeah. Fiat currency is backed by absolutely nothing. It has now become the petrol dollar, and that was because of Alan Greenspan and these other guys back in the day. They did a basically a drug deal <laughs> with our currency when they went to the UAE, the Arabs, and they said, "Hey, 
you guys are probably one of the largest producers of oil in the world. What do you say you guys only produce oil and sell it to the world, but you do it in American dollars? Do us a favor, you do that, we'll provide you with what? Security, equipment, military strength, the whole nine. You guys will be protected and project strength around your area. That's the petrol dollar, that's where we are. Um, that's what happened. So here we here we are now, where Russia and China are both petitioning and pushing successfully. They're the ruble and the yuan on the Saudis, saying, "Hey, check this out, guys." Which, oh man, the Middle East has always been a quagmire, but this is something that alliances make no sense. But anyways. Uh, we so what have I missed since I've been gone? So we're just lot. talking about uh, metals. The, uh, uh, the the Saudis are aligned are, are aligned with with what they should consider to be a not so cool person or entity, which is Israel. All right. This is this. The Saudis is, are aligned with Israel. Yes. They are working together against Iran. Oh shit! For real? <laughs> wait, 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 when did this happen? For the past like year and a half, where have you been? Dude, okay. I've been in a bunker. Apparently, <laughs> okay. Right. That has not, that's geopolitics. That has nothing to do with this year. But I'm saying that that proves that alliances globally can and will change. Yes. And the, you saw a match that took me well, by surprise. I mean, you cannot you cannot put too much stock in people that are in another area of the world. The alliances will rise and they will fall. Fiat currency is not backed by anything, sir. Gold? Yeah. Are, are they are they making more gold? There's only so much in the ground. Can you explain yeah. to me how much there is? Silver? Are they making more of it? They can't. There's just so much in the ground, and that's a byproduct of copper mining. But that's another issue. So I, I, I'm gonna really quick. My my two cents in here is with gold. Really interesting enough, we have a lot of it here, especially in our area of um, Arizona. I'm gonna say Arizona. It's very broad, but historically there has been a lot of spanish invaders and conquerors because at one point this part of the united states was gold rich owned by spain and by mexico correct so there have been a and lot of travelers coming in and out there is i'm not even kidding i could throw a rock and hit like three mines from here and that's an episode wasn't it there's gonna be an episode that we're gonna do in the future about Mines here in our local area because there is so much gold in all of these hills around us that you've seen. There is, I'm not even kidding, a buttload of gold. On my that, way to school, I could see maybe three like golds. a handful of. Well, because it's just sprinkled. Three gold that mines. Sounds, that sounds awesome. I cannot relate to any of that because my part of Texas is liquid gold, which is petroleum. Yeah. Which is so. still a very, very valuable resource, but it'd be a lot harder to capitalize on in a post-apocalyptic world than it would be. Yeah. I disagree. All right. Oh, I'm listening. I'm listening. But, I mean, with us, at least it's physical. Not only is there's gold in the mountains, there's gold that has been physically placed in the mountains that, I mean, coins mm. in... In terms of storage. In in terms of storage, in terms of there's actual gold. Now, question for you, if sir. If you can go in like were actual... You saying, were you saying liquid gold is um, more more um, easily usable in post-apocalypse because it is actually usable, whereas gold would not be usable in the post-apocalypse? I, I am not debating the usability of either one. I am, I am saying that uh, petroleum is just 
in terms of in terms of usage will be equally valuable. That's okay. All I'm saying. So do because you, petroleum can be pulled out of the ground, even if it's not refined. Uh, oil out of the ground it still has plenty of uses. So um, but, one of the things that is actually kind of weird to think about in a post-apocalyptic world, how would currency be? So um, one of the things would be it would be mostly a barter economy, correct? But all barter. There, there, there are there are several tiers, um, sir. In terms of bartering, you have uh, gold, which is which is the the exchange of gentlemen. Mm-hmm. You have uh, and or oh, I should say, gold is the exchange of elites. Mm-hmm. Silver is the exchange of gentlemen. Barter is the exchange of common folk. Mm-hmm. And the fiat is the exchange of uh, slaves. So but continue. What we're talking about. I love what well. you just said, by the way. Thank no. you very much. This, 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 is why, this, is, this is why I love this man. And the reason I brought Dude, this man is amazing. Is because we've talked about gold and we've talked about silver when it comes to currency. But let's break all of that down. Let's say all of that disappears tomorrow. Okay. You know what else is very feasible and what is what is going to be used for trade the most manpower sugar salt basically everything from the 17th century the amish have it down gold is in their stockpiles not fiat currency exactly. the amish have a gold have a gold stockpile amish have more gold than they do anything else sir 100 everything that they trade in fiat dollars are only used for material items they need now their savings is in gold, sir. Do we have any Amish in Arizona? Yes, we do. It's a very small community. I, I if you want a bigger, if you want a bigger Amish community, you want to head out east toward like, no. Pennsylvania. That's <laughs> the east coast. <laughs> Everybody hates the Amish. They're like, screw these guys. Unless the why, why they, is it? Why unless, is it the Amish just decided 1800s was that was the tits and we're done? Unless if you want to evade police, then you want to go to the Amish. If you okay. want to evade police, Pro- that's probably, where you want to go. Probably, <laughs> I guess. But the Amish are the guys, and even Mennonites, right? That's an offshoot. Same thing. They use Amish use equipment and technology available to them to up to 18. If they can't make the, if they can't make it themselves, they don't use it. Correct. Uh, I, I believe that's the case. Uh, the Mennonites... They're fireless fireplace. Mennonites use them. They use what the Amish does, but they do use a few modern uh, technologies. Today, they are basically Amish that have said, hey, we can uh, we can use a few modern things now to speed up the process. We still are proficient with the old things, but... As long as you can use the old things, you're allowed to use the newer things Correct. to help yourself. Correct. And the Amish are like, look, man, eight, and also- 1880 is the line. Like, that's it. God gave us everything. This is the tits, and we stop here. And also, right? and, and, also and that's it. Like this is this. We can make butter. We can make our own produce. We can make our own everything. These guys have decided this is what it is. No, that sounds. It, that it also sounds depends. Nice. It depends on your community as well, as because I've heard Amish people using certain things. Like I know certain Amish people to use not they have modern phones. firearms. God bless them. Yeah, modern firearms. God, John Brown and Bliss. I know modern I Amish who not use much, these phones, much love. but they they will use uh, flip phones okay. for communication. Those those, those are the Mennonites, sorry. Yeah. Okay, Mennonites. so um, do you know how to build a radio? From spare parts, sir, I do not. But I can contact a gentleman in Louisiana. What a okay. great episode for not just our podcast, but just for specifically our YouTube. 
Like and subscribe. You know, that's a great idea. So having the Bunker Boys podcast, we talk about all kinds of conspiracy scriptures and whatnot. Would it be a good idea to go into self, um, uh, what was the word I, we were using earlier? Self-reliance. Um, self-reliance. Uh, go right. into self-reliance tutorials on, because my father knows how to build a, a radio. I know the basics of how radio works, but I do not, I don't know we'll how do, to build one from we'll scratch. Do a, we'll do a series of self-reliance where it comes to building a radio, skinning an animal, prepping food. Um, can you? And prepping can food you, when it comes to like canning, can you hunt, storage. Clean, can you hunt? kill clean and process the animal and then not only that can you smoke the animal and save it can you preserve it in jars How, what is your process of saving this animal throughout the year because that is great because, ideas because our, our ancestors ate seasonally meaning summertime was fruits and veggies all day mm. wintertime fruits and vegetables they were able to can they were able to use canning we owe to the French. I know they surrendered. Oh, oh my god, please don't do that. <laughs> they, they surrendered. I get it, they surrendered, but prior to, but you know what? The French helped us against the British. That's all I care about. Um yes, that's correct. But prior to that, when they were fighting the war against the Russians, the the Persians. The, so was that was they that were like they were Prussian. So we're talking about the Napoleonic era, correct? Correct. And All Napoleon right. was actually being the, led by a non-French leader. Hey, Napoleon was the Napoleon was the reason that we have canning. He was really? he was a gentleman that put out a large amount of money and said, "Hey, whoever can figure out that we can save this food." And, and rational portion, portions, we can save this food and rationable portions to our front line because food will spoil between France and Russia, right? Yeah. They send all this equipment and stuff there, that's fine. So the people out there, that's fine, but they need something to eat. So we need to send food, but the food spoils before it gets there and they can only eat so much in that particular area. We need food that we can put in a it's pot or a can and send there how do we get that and then two gentlemen in france figured it out and they collected the money what and we now have modern canning things what is them. what an interesting thing that like most of our modern like a lot of our modern inventions came from how to either fight or fight better explain to me what else america what else the world what else mankind has done better not a whole lot. Learn how to survive or fight better. That's it. What, 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 have, yeah. what has mankind done throughout all of its existence? Fight each other. We have learned to survive by any means necessary, which includes saving and storing food, stealing and killing. That's pretty much it, yeah. So human nature is embedded, right? Yeah. So when people say, and I, this is your podcast, I don't mean to... No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just saying that very, very large amounts of people will be upset when I make this statement. Okay. That has been human nature from the beginning. We should we should not say natives were savages. Oh god. We should we should not say Christopher Columbus should be banned. We should we should not say history doesn't exist. 
We should not say any of these terrible things. And I say terrible because it is history. These are things that did happen. We shouldn't censor them or remove them. I believe that everything serves a purpose. I have a quote, and I don't remember who it was from. My dad being a... Um, an uneducated redneck, as people have called him, has the, has the best quotes from historical figures and scientists. And one of the quotes he has from historical figures, history is a different place. They do things different there. Judge them by their own morals, not by yours. Who who was who was one of the best presidents? Depending what area of t what era of time you've been in, will determine your answer. A hundred percent. And this is something as inconsequential as a president and and i don't mean that lightly i mean in terms of all of humanity the president of the united states means very little to somebody in zimbabwe right correct so the what i mean by that is regionally what happens to you regionally matters and for instance let's say you are somebody living in a city and uh the biden administration is not affected you in the slightest but if you're someone like me who has had... Who would that be? Please explain. Um, let's say somebody who has already been living off of unemployment for the last couple of years because they have um, been living off of COVID. I um, know who you're talking about. Oh, my God. Somebody who's been living off of unemployment. Shots uh, fired. Shots fired. Their, um, their life has not changed much. And they have had their views um, recognized by what they believe is a very powerful uh, governmental body. body versus um, someone who lives... Um, more in the middle of the country where the cost of gasoline and other things has gone up they are going to view an administration administrative differently Excuse than me. if a administration were to be um, lowering the taxes in a small town or they would be lowering the, gas, the price of gas stuff like that whereas forcing people in the city to live a quote-unquote harder life now granted i am a little bit drunk and my wording is a little bit off but i hope you guys understand what i'm saying we uh we follow your train of thought sir okay thank you we understand what you're saying meaning those that have been i don't want to use that word i apologize I, but those that have, those that have been living this lifestyle prior will feel no difference correct okay i i don't want to use the other word because we, we are not we are not on my channel so we it's different uh, we, we, we try to remain politically neutral on this channel however considering how, the fact that we cover how can, can you, how can you do so it is almost impossible especially because, because what politics what are, what is let's break politics, the word down. politics change let's, let's, let's break the words down poly means Many or multiple. Mm -hmm. Yes. And ticks are what? Blood sucking creatures, which are which are also <laughs> they, they, and they live in DC. But here, here. Okay, that's a good one. That's so, a good one. Anyways, I'm just saying that look, there are things that You don't have to go to work tomorrow, you son of a I don't gotta go to work tomorrow. I'm off for a week, but if I got so this this is this has been great discussion, but I believe we've strayed far from the topic. Oh my God, we have so much. I, I just I just want to <laughs> I want to be the voice of reason and just try to herd these cats, which is impossible. Let's, oh, herd, yeah. let's herd cats back into the direction nah, of so apocalypse. So we're, we're herding back into this. Our our scenario is what, sir? No, our scenario is we're we're still talking about communication, and we kind of very very off this. So but, that's actually. But something. I want. I, I want everyone to remember that I'm on seven, eight. I'm on my eighth beer. Mm -hmm. I'm on seven. Quit be, bro. I'm on like Why do you have five. to one up me, JD? Why do you have to one up me? Bro? I need to one up 
everything. I know if you give me one, you give yourself two. Just What's remember, good? just remember, the shirt reigns true. Best in the world. <clears throat> Shout out to the host. All right. Shout out to the host. Go like my merch. My go buy the, my merch. Please go buy my merch. I feel like I'm a host, right? You're a host. host. Okay. You're still a co-host. Host. But go buy my merch. I want Etsy. Go buy You're my the manager. Merch. It's okay. Yeah. If you guys haven't heard, we have a uh, we have our producer in the background. She's we got a we got a uh, a hired chef, you would say. Okay, what, what would it be more of a producer? <laughs> We're stepping up, a sponsor. A sponsor. I would say a producer. Because produ producer would have to be involved in the production of the I mean they are. I mean hosting bro, the location. Bro, bro. Feeding the, bro, the venue. You, your vehicle can only go so far as it's been fueled, correct? Correct. <laughs> what is fueling this vehicle? Point proven. Let's right. location. Right. Producer. Fair. Like Fair. I, I wasn't expecting that. Please explain. Um, JD, where were you at, sir? Oh yeah, sorry. We keep this getting... is this is not my thing, <laughs> we but we keep very We are trying we've, to we've talked I'm about... only seven beers in and I just I, I would like to keep no, on track, we, we we've varied off, which is okay because I actually really love this as a podcast. No, this and has probably been my gonna, favorite episode so it's far. It's gonna be a very fun podcast. I hope you all are listening. I hope you all subscribe. Not only to our channel, but to Beer Beans and no, Bullets. To, but no, I'm gonna link Beer Beans and Bullets. You have to go like them. Uh, they do challenges. They do uh, beer reviews. They do everything. Uh, so believe it or not, up until yesterday, I hadn't seen or heard of Beers, Beans, and Bullets. Really? Even though you and I have been connected via social medias for how long, you have not shared their page directly with me. I have not shared mm. their page directly to you. Um, that's all. Also, a main thing is, is I always try to keep working in my personal life separate. But that's gonna change after today. It, it's definitely <laughs> gonna change after today because not only am I bringing you into my world, but we have to, uh, a tight knit community. It is a community that we've made. It is meshing way better than I expected. It's meshing a lot better than I expected. I also think that. Um, from the first I've known beer beans, we've Texas. I've known you for what almost three years now. For two and a half. We're coming years? on. The, we're coming on up to a solid two and a half. Uh, yeah. Interaction wise, close to three. Yes, sir. So we've known each other for quite a bit of time. So I mean, it's super interesting to know that like I consider him family, and the fact that like I appreciate like we've started doing this like less than six months, and I'm like I already consider you guys family. It's really interesting that I'm really like. That my own, I'm building my own family, which is really super cool to me because I never had that growing up. So like, that this is, is a new, point out. it's a new point in my life and I feel so blessed because I have a lot of things. I'm not even kidding. I have a lot of things going for me right now and it's, it's not bragging or anything, but I'm on an uphill climb right now. <laughs> I like, I like to point out that, um, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. I'm just, <laughs> The fact that the, the words send it somehow rang in my ears out of nowhere. That's no, all I heard. Um, I'm so blessed right now. I, I don't know how, I don't know how all of you are feeling. But I feel I feel great not just being the drinks, but I, I honestly feel that I'm in a great place in my life that not only do I feel comfortable in general, but I feel comfortable in apocalypse. I feel that if we got to that point, I feel that I'm ready to start building. 
If you don't, you have people that you can trust, you can rely on. Because let, let's talk about, we're going to bring it back to what Texas said, is you need three seconds of air, three minutes of community. I feel that I have that currently. <laughs> Things you can mean, change. Things can change on a dime three, real quick. Three seconds of uh, faith. Or yeah, three, three seconds, seconds of faith, three minutes of air, three months, or three weeks of food. Three, no, guys, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already misquoting. Three, I'm so sorry. <laughs> three, se three seconds of faith or hope, right? If you're not a religious person, hope. Ten beers. Three seconds. <laughs> can we get a beer sent to the producer, please? Um, Dude, wait we, a minute. We need we three three seconds of faith. Am I gonna have to count these things? In three, post, in post? Yeah. No, three, that's what I'm doing. Three seconds post. Three, three seconds. Three seconds of faith. Three minutes of air. Three weeks. No, no, no. Three days. Oh my god. <laughs> three minutes of air, okay. Okay. Three hours without shelter. Three days without water. Which you don't want to get that far. No, as but far as I'm worth three days without water, you're cramping you can barely move uh, your by, by, by second day, you're already using the ground to open your hands up. Do you do you watch Grantham a lot? I will answer that later. Okay. Um <laughs> anyways. Uh, three oh my god, bro. <laughs> three, three, three days. Without, without water, uh, three weeks without food, okay. and uh, you know, shelters and things. But I believe that uh, you guys should carry on because uh, Blackout Brennan has already broken the seal, and I believe I will do the same. I'm only seven beers in, but I believe... I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm, I'm like halfway through my eighth beer. Oh, the facts. Go for it. I apologize, gentlemen. No, Go for um, it. it's down the hall to your right. First door on the right. I'd like to point out before everyone calls me out as a lightweight, I have lost 30 pounds in the last year. So, <laughs> now, granted, I've gained back 10 or 15 in the last couple weeks, but also, you, you do it for not, it's not just like, uh, I just need to do this. You're doing it because you're prepping because you are serving our country. You are. I'm gonna need to. I. You're, I'm you're going to need to. to. You're gonna need to. So, good for you. I'm glad. I'm. I'm super excited. My for tolerance that. has dropped to zero, and it it has kind of hurt my ego in the slightest amount. For for the fact that you're also drinking with, I'm gonna quote unquote professionals. That the fact that me and Texas do this literally weekly, where we drink and just do lives. No, we're chilling. Um, thank but again, you, we thank do you this. producer for asking about the lighting. Yeah, producer, producer checking on the pro, the production of the actual prod, podcast. <laughs> but it's a very long podcast. We are currently at uh, uh, an hour forty minutes. Oh shit! Which is a good podcast. I mean, I estimated us to be an hour. And you were saying it was going to be at least two hours. At least two hours. I'm going to try to cut it off two hours. We're at about an hour forty minutes. So um, we kind of covered. We kind of covered everything that I wanted to cover. About how much of a percentage of this podcast do you think was actually dedicated to talking about the pot about the podcast subject of surviving the apocalypse? I want to say seventy percent. 70%. I would probably lower that to about like 56%. <laughs> 56 is a very specific number. I say 56 because we did spend a quality amount of that time talking about political aspects of it, which I, I'm not kidding. I did like factor in and you know what, what we did for the podcast. I try to remain politically neutral in a lot of ways, but it is hard to remain politically neutral with a conspiracy based podcast 
whenever the conspiracy, a lot of the conspiracies are anti-government. I also don't know what's going on in our comment section. I can't see every time I. Open I don't think there has section. been another. There has been another one since I posted. Okay. Hey, I'm just making sure because I'm not sure. I keep seeing it and I look over and I'm like, oh, there's words there. I can't see. The it. most recent one was me saying, "Hey, feel free to ask questions. We will answer them." There's a lot. Okay. Um, producer is the most recent one saying at me saying, "Hey, feel free to ask questions." Uh, what's our last comment? Because we actually don't get a lot of comments on our lives. Our producer is chewing. So is okay. our last comment me saying, hey, feel free to come to comment. Okay, cool. It is. That's great. I just want to make sure that we're not leaving out our comments because we actually got a couple comments on this episode. Yes. I'm really glad um, a couple of our episodes, we're going to be a couple episodes behind. Shout out to the producer for everything. I know. Shout out to our producer. She's going to be feeding us. She's going to, she's housing us until we get our current bunker that is actually ours and we don't have to share with anybody else. <laughs> yeah, baby. But um, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated because our bunker is going to be lit. Um, but with that, I love the fact that you guys are responding. We're currently trying to fill out our spooky season. Our After this, I think this will be either the last episode of spooky season or this will be the first episode after spooky season. Also agreed because we have one more after, uh, before this, which would be our Gacy episode. So if you have not seen our Gacy episode, go back, like, Mama. subscribe. Go follow us. Go find that Gacy episode. I'm dumber, not even kidding. Dumber. I've done this a couple times throughout <laughs> this episode. Dumber. And this is... D dumb, dumber episode. Dumb, well, no, dumber episode was the are, most recent one we posted. Our we dumber, episode, our dumber episode, as of today, Dumber posted this last Friday. Oh. We're going to be doing a Gacy episode, and then we're going to be doing this episode. So this episode should be coming out the Friday before Halloween. So if you're watching this, have a happy Halloween. Why do I have an empty beer? You guys, I'm apologizing. <laughs> Why do you have an empty beer? Because you drank it. I'm apologizing more than a Canadian right here, bro. I'm just... I, <laughs> no, I you actually need Casey, a one-off like, so the Dahmer thing. I, Wait, I'm subscribed. I just saw the Dahmer. That's what I was thinking. I actually have to work tomorrow, so I should probably stop. Alright, you're gonna stop. That's okay. I'm gonna finish, because how many did I say I was gonna do? I said my limit was six because... <laughs> I was just like, sucks to be you. So, um, what was that going to say? So, um, have... it's hard to remain politically neutral whenever talking about a conspiracy podcast whenever you are anti- whenever a lot of the conspiracies are about how bad the government has overreached or overstepped. It is very hard to remain politically neutral, but we do try, um, in a lot of ways. One, two, three. I don't believe three. we're going to survive the apocalypse with the current things that we've said. We, so need, we need to get back to the base, please. Yeah, okay. I mean, we're not going to survive what we currently have. And again, if you want to survive the apocalypse, you have to go follow our YouTube. And that's all I'm going to say. You have to follow our YouTube. Not only do you have to follow our YouTube, you have to follow JD on YouTube. You have to follow Beer, Beans, and Bullets. We're going to link all that below, but you have to follow us on YouTube because we are going to be doing content where we're going to talk about not only bunkers, but we're going to talk about how to do food prep. And we're also going to be doing a lot of chugging videos so you have to follow us and Wait, i'm sorry you just, this is a promotional no. plug yes 
it is. Okay. And this is a 100% promotional. But again, I'm going to be doing content where we're only going to be talking about how to prep that food, how you're going to be ready for the apocalypse. Because this is just a brief topic where we're talking. Because I really just want to get it. I really wanted to get Texas on this podcast. JD. JD. I really wanted to do it. I've I've got Canon videos coming out, bro. I'm just just slating it off. We are going to do it. You know know what we'll do? You know what we'll do? Is we will review his Canon videos, do it ourselves, and see if we can reproduce it. 100%. Because you know what's a fun fact about Canons? Is you can have a felony and still own a cannon and not technically own a firearm. Canning. Canning. What are you canning. talking about cannons? Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I love it. So, hear I'm, me I'm, out. Like, Gonzalez has just entered the chat. Here, where, here, where are we at? Hear me this? out. Hear me out. I've been on headphones oh this whole God. entire time. Oh, my God. These guys have not. Cannons? I heard, cannons. I heard, I heard cannons, not canning. We're going to do cannon videos, but I heard cannons. That's why. We can also do cannons. Here's the thing. I heard cannons, and technically, as a felon, if you have any felonies or whatsoever, you, you can still have, have a black. You can still have a black powder firearm. Yeah, you technically. Let's say, let's say that Texas went to jail. He could still come out of jail and go and buy a, a cannon. What? What? He's not going to jail. Why if do I need to go to jail? If, what the fuck? If any of the three of us are going to jail, it's probably me. But why? Out of the three of us, why this, would you go to this jail? This just paints everyone in a bad light. No, no, no. no. It paints all of us in a bad light, yes, but out of the three of us, I'm most likely going to jail. But out of the three of us, anyways, (laughs) if if you have a felony, you can still own a cannon. You can still own a cannon or any black powdered firearm. So technically, you could still technically have a firearm. But we'll talk about cannon. We'll talk about cannons because I think having a cannon for... Why would you need a cannon for... I want a cannon. I want a cannon. Community defense, let's say like post-apocalyptic community defense, a cannon would be like the least reliable thing because it is so stationary. Cure me out. I disagree. Oh, okay. I, well, I, well, I, well, I disagree with this. I, for the, okay, I'm listening. For, just, the, for the fact I that would you continue charging at me if I sent a ball the size of your chest flying by your head at I least once? So okay, so I, I was thinking I disagree if, so if you are a small raiding party and you see somebody with a cannon, <laughs> you just don't approach in that direction. <laughs> you have you have no idea how versatile cannons are, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are, are they pretty light, like easy to turn? Where, where we currently are, a cannon can be moved by hand. Okay. Sir. Pretty quickly? If, if, you, if you have a cannon inside of a... Let's say you have a very decently defended structure, and you decide, hey, I'm going to move into this structure and take what they have. You kick in the doorway and there's a very long hallway. There are not only homes, but businesses and structures built this way. Where there's a large hallway. You and four or five of your buddies decide we're gonna kick open this door. Not knowing that there are four or five guys with NVGs up top that have been watching, waiting for keep, this, keeping perimeter, and said, "Hey, we got three guys moving in. Let's put the cannon on the door because we can fire rounds, but that would be just that would be too much, right? Let's, let's put a, fire a cannon down let's the hallway. Put a, let's put a cannon. It's got a three, four inch barrel. Doesn't have to be very big. We will load our shrapnel, Grip nails, shot. nails, wood." Bolts, whatever else we can. Okay, hold on. Before we continue, we need to get a new battery in that camera. Our, our oh camera died. Let's finish it up. This is actually we're gonna wrap it. We're not even gonna replace it. Oh, man. Damn, no. Be 
because listen, we only have ten minutes left because I wanted to keep it at two hours. I, I just this is a situational thing. We'll leave it at this. Okay. okay. We didn't cover all of the apocalyptic scenarios. We didn't get into everything. But again, this is also a teaser. I it's really very, want I really want you guys subject. to go and like and subscribe to not only the Bunker Buddies channel but the JD's channel to Beer Beans and Bullets because this is where you're gonna find this information. So I can constantly talking about. You guys don't have to do that. So I'm gonna go ahead and. Um, Close off your statement from um, where I was opposing you to begin with. I can see a cannon being very effective if planned correctly. And if you are a, a tight-knit community, you probably have it planned correctly. Where a cannon can be a very, very strong defensive situation by forcing an enemy into a funnel. It's a four-inch shotgun. <laughs> that's basically, that's, that's basically what it is. Explain to me how this is bad. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Like, it doesn't have to just be a ball. So why did we even start talking about cannons? Is because he misheard oh canning. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Canning. Okay. But again, that's, all that's literally all we're to talk about. And I, I want you guys to follow Beer Beans and Bullets. I want you guys to follow oh Bunker Buddies because we're going to talk about that. It's literally stuff that I have lined no, up. I would love to talk about, and you know what else we need to talk about is actual, like, legitimate training, like learning how to. So everybody goes out and they shoot their guns, right? Everybody's yes. like, okay, I practiced with my gun. That's enough for me to be prepared. You need to learn the distances, how to gauge distances. And I think that's something we should also cover. Is we're we're going to cover that. And again, please go not only like and subscribe us on Spotify because we're on all like podcast platforms right now, but go follow us on YouTube. Our YouTube is going to be so versatile right now. And like we only have a knit, like a small knit kit community of people. I think we're at 10 right now on YouTube, but please go like and subscribe to our podcast because we're going to talk about not only substantive, but I guarantee you two out of three of us probably have a gun on our body currently. We're going to talk about our second amendment. We're going to be talking about uh, I strongly agree. Yes. We're, we're going to talk about um, not only second amendment, we're going to talk about protection. We're going to talk about bunkers. This not only is our Halloween spooky episode, but this is inviting guests because we're going to start doing live streams. We're going to do content specifically for Bunker Buddies. We're going to do that, but again, I also really want to do this podcast based off of the mysterious encrypted because I am in love with those I don't know if it's just the beer talking, but I would love to make the the channel more preparation based as well as podcast reuploads. Let's go that. I'm 100% here for it. You have we the right can do name this. for it. I believe you have the right name for it. We have the right name for it. We 100% have the right name. We're the Bunker Buddies. Thank you so much. Again, go like and subscribe to our channel. Go like and subscribe to JD. Go like and subscribe to Blackout Brandon. And most importantly, we're going to link it down below. But please remember, go like and subscribe to Beer, Beans, and Bullets, Triple B on YouTube. I appreciate it. We are building Triple B back up because, again, uh, YouTube has recently gone through their own little, like, phase where they started taking down channels they started giving strikes out they've taken youtube videos down but we are here just for beer beans and bullets so go like beer beans and bullets thank you guys so much um for this episode there's a lot that we're going to talk about in the future and i know that we're going to end it because our video did die thank you guys for hanging out for so long episode one episode uh, what we're on episode eight? Eight, yeah. We're on episode eight. Thank you so much. I'm on actually. What's a great transition for this is I'm on eight beers. How much are you on Texas? 
Oh, this is my eighth beer. And eighth I'm beer. I've only had five or six, but I have also lost 30 pounds, so my tolerance has gone to fucking zero. He's gone down. <laughs> hey, bro. Much respect, man. Thank respect, you. respect. Everybody, thank you guys so much. Remember, go follow us on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram. If you guys follow us enough, we'll make our own Twitch channel. Oh, that would be fucking lit. That'll be lit. But thank you guys so much. Again, thank you so much, Texas, for being here. Thanks you for came all the way out from Texas. I am so pumped. Thank you guys so much. 14-hour drive, bro. I made it by my 14 I'm, I'm hours. Myself. <laughs> thank you so much. I got a pistol, so wrap this up. I, I also do. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. Thank you. And remember, like and subscribe. Have a great night. We are out. Adios.